Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 32 of Season 4 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com when Harry met Sally one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And I decided for Valentine's Day I was going to bring the perfect guests on the show to be able to talk about you know, Valentine's Day and the way that Harry and Sally deal with it and stuff like that. So I, I decided to bring back the uh, the Midnight Boys. So welcome back, Duff, Joe, and Rob. Yeah, thank you. The yeah. kings of romance right here. Oh, I mean, listen, we did Titanic Minutes, so we know what you need to do so you don't leave your date out in the cold. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. It's very true. We did true. do one of the most, most romantic movies. Yeah, we did. So we are ready. We're, we're the right people. Oh, we, we, we should have invited your friend to come. You know, the... the the uh, dating guru. guru. Oh, What's the relationship name? expert. Yes. Yeah. What was his name? Jamie? Yeah. Jamie, yeah. Yeah, there you go. See, I remember. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I get that name right, and it's a good thing I... Yeah, I, I nailed it. I remembered it. There you go. I'll see him there in a few go. days. I'll be sure to let him know that, that, uh, <laughs> that he got mentioned and remembered. There you go. There you go. <laughs> He's getting a shout-out. There you go. Yep. All right, well, minute 32 begins with Sally continuing to explain her situation and her life and ends with Sally's tale getting even deeper. So yesterday we, we left things off with uh, Sally starting to explain what happened between her and Joe. And she started saying we wanted to live together, but we didn't want to get married because every time anyone we, we knew got married, it ruined their relationship. They practically never had sex again. It's true. It's one of those secrets that no one ever tells you. I would sit around with my girlfriends who have kids. Actually, my one girlfriend who has kids, Alice. And she would complain about how she and Gary never did it anymore. She didn't even complain about it, now that I think about it. She just said it matter-of-factly. She said they were up all night. They were both exhausted all the time. The kids just took every sexual impulse they had out of, out of them. Joe and I used to talk about it, and we'd say, we're so lucky. We have this wonderful relationship. We can have sex on the kitchen floor. And not worry about the kids walking in. We can fly off to Rome on a moment's notice. And then one day, I was was taking Alice's little girl for the afternoon because I promised I'd take her to the circus. And we're in a cab playing I Spy. I Spy Mailbox. I Spy a Lamppost. So, again, a very dialogue-heavy minute. And not just that. You know, Sally is basically talking for this entire minute. We don't hear Harry at all. We see some of his reactions, you know, of how he responds to what she's saying, but yeah, he doesn't say anything here. So, first of all, I think that Sally delivers, or Meg Ryan delivers this this uh, monologue really well. Right. Um, yeah. On the commentary, Rob Reiner says that this is his favorite scene that that she's in because he thinks she just nailed it. You know, she she gives us all the emotion of this whole story of what she's telling us. Yeah, I and mean, she's really, really good in this whole movie, but in this scene, too. She, you know, I think as many people, many women do in Hollywood get written off if they're good looking, but she's a really good actress. Yeah, it's true. There's also, like, little things she does with, like, her hand, with, like, pulling on her ear. And like she, like, little... moves, her, moves her hand through her, her moves, moves her hair over her ear and stuff like that while she's doing it. She even like pulls her ear down a little bit at yeah. one point when she's talking mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a a very good performance of that of right. that monologue. And at, at some points when she's she's talking about it, you can see that she's she's somewhat sad about what she's saying. You know, that she could even be on the verge of of having tears in her eyes. You know that that she's remembering you know this this very hurtful uh, experience that 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 she had. 
But I mean, it goes back to the to the question. You know, she barely knows Harry, and she's telling him all these intimate details about her life. Doesn't you know, that make it easier, though? I don't know. Why would she start talking about the fact that you know they could have sex on 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 the kitchen floor? You know, it just doesn't sound like something that you would. I mean, we talked a little bit yesterday about the fact that she obviously is attracted to Harry, but I don't know if that's the type of conversation that someone is going to just normally have. You're going to want to be a little more about, personal. I mean, I think it's, you know, if you're not embarrassed about having sexual urges, which, I mean, I mean, I think you're right in, like, in the parlance of 80s movies. Right. Like women were not, women were not supposed to talk, like, frankly and intelligently about sex. Like, you either, you know, if they did, they're usually like a nymphomaniac and comedy in like more broader comedies or something like that whereas here it's just it's a very you know it's just a matter of fact it's matter of fact it's an observation it's you know it's not designed to be titillating it's just oh this is a drag and just you know she's adult enough to a you know like treating you know the audience is seeing that oh i'm an adult woman and sex is an important part of relationships and it's a drag this happens Right, but I'm and, not just talking about her t- saying it to the audience. I'm saying she's saying this to Harry. You know, she right, knows that I mean, Harry I've, wants her. Yeah, you know? I do think there's something to what Rob said that it's easier when it's a stranger or a lesser acquaintance. An acquaintance, right? Because otherwise, like, think of earlier when she's with um, her friends and she's talking about stuff and they're like, oh, get the Rolodex out. Let me solve it for you. Let me fix it right. for you. Yeah. And she, doesn't want it, she doesn't want it to be fixed. She doesn't want it to be solved or fixed right now. She just went through a breakup. She's seen this person that she's remembered. They know each other. They had, I mean, the conversations they had were intimate during that 18 hours, um, even though that was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. Uh, And then I also think there's something about, like, he's just, they're both just went through a breakup. Mystery loves company. Yeah. And so just, like, having someone to, like, yeah, as you said, Duff, Mystery loves company and someone else to, like, be like, this is how, this is how I was feeling and and Harry's not I, at, at least and nothing about any the the conversation in the bookstore or this. Does Harry come off as like you know a threat? You mentioned earlier like when he was younger he was kind of prowling around or whatever. It's not doing that here right. at all. He's just listening because he's, he's also hurt. hurt. Yeah, you know he still and, wants his wife back. You know he still wants Helen back. I don't know why, right. but he still wants Helen back. And so I think I think I think it is strange like that timing of everything would work out this way that they'd run into each other and they just would run, all that which is you mentioned was in the the shooting script that wasn't in the actual di- um dialogue earlier but i don't know for me like a personal standpoint i could understand if i was sally in this situation and seeing someone who i knew but not knew super well that would in a weird way be the person you do want to talk to about this and it's someone outside of your orbit where yes. it's like oh they're not going to keep bringing it up yeah, like yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm never gonna see this person again. They're not gonna talk to my family or friends or whatever. Right. This is right, but again, she, she she should still remember who Harry was. You know, both times that she's met Harry in the past, obviously he he has apparently changed in the last five years. But the the first two times that she met him, you know, he's making you know comments about sex. You yeah. know, he's he's not you know, and he's not doing it in a nonchalant way. No, that's true. You know, so if she does remember who he is, then then she would theoretically say, okay, wait a second. Why am I telling unless unless she's telling him this because she is trying to open the door. 
I mean, I think subconsciously she might be doing that, but I, yeah. I also think that she's, you know, this is like a unique situation. This is someone who she has, like, sex has been talked about with him in the past before, and all the other reasons we listed it. It, 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 it makes sense to me. Yeah, I, to me too. I mean, you know, I do agree there might be some subconscious urge there, but I don't think she, you know, at least consciously, she's not she's, she's not seducing him. Right. No, not a question of seducing him, but she's also she's she's in a hurt place and she's, you know, maybe is trying to open the door here. I don't know. And and also, like, the whole point, to some extent, of their relationship is that they can be their real their real selves around that person. Like their friendships are based off that when that kind of blossoms from this. They can just be the unvarnished real version of who they are when they're with each other. And that's like that's why they, you know. Our best friends, right? They they mesh really well, for sure. Yeah. No, but I'm I'm talking about more from the perspective that that you know she's not reached that point yet in their conversation. I mean, again, we don't know how long they've been sitting and talking. You know that 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 right. we're not sure of. It's possible they've been sitting in this cafe for hours. Who knows? Sure. It's it's, it's yeah. obvious that you know they were talking long enough in the bookstore that they decided, hey, you want to go get coffee or a drink right. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which makes you wonder which of them suggested it. Yeah. You know, because because later on in this week we'll see that that she's the one who actually you know uh, invites him out to dinner later. Yeah, I, I think it'd be her. I think it was, it'd be her who would ask. I, th- I think Harry would be too depressed to put that forward at to this be point. rejected again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it could be. It's very possible. So I mean, she also mentions about her friends Alice and Gary, right? So do you, do any of you know? Where, like, what the meaning of the name Alice is? No. Mm-mm. You know, names all obviously come from somewhere. There's the etymology yeah, so, of, of names, you know, right. so everything means right. something or whatever. So, so Alice uh, actually. Bob, means... and, Bob and Carol and Ted, and Ted and Alice. Is that the name of that movie? Yeah, there <laughs> uh, is a movie called yeah, that. I've, yeah. I've seen it. It's very strange. You know, it's not something I would have expected Natalie Lee Wood to be in. You know, or Elliot Gould, I think, was in it. Yeah. And Robert White. Robert White? Yeah. I don't remember. I saw it a few years ago. Not in the movie. It's a very strange yeah. uh, title and a strange movie. It's I, it's I just, it's basically all about uh, you know. Swimming. I haven't seen it. I just know it's about like wife swapping. But yeah. It's kind of like a weird like counterculture comedy drama. Yeah. 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 I saw I saw it years ago. It wasn't it wasn't, that, it wasn't that something was... that I remember you know so well that I would you know go back and revisit it either. You know. So the name Alice actually means noble. Um, and, uh, it actually, uh, it has, there's been a resurgence of the name over the last few years. It, uh, it's now in, again, in the top 100 most popular names for baby girls, uh, which for, for many years, it was, it was out of that in 2015 in, in England, it was actually the, the 24th most popular name. Uh, but then the, the, the numbers actually, uh, you know, went up even, even, uh, Higher, uh, largely because of the Twilight books by Stephanie Meyer. Oh, okay. And it uh, it has appeared in in numerous countries. It's now uh, among the top ten names, you know, because of that. Trainer, who's Alice in the Twilight books? She's not. Is that she the Kristen Kirsten Stewart character? I, I honestly don't even remember. I saw like, like one. Those were not very I, memorable to me either. You know. I saw one, maybe two of those movies, and don't remember anything. 
except when they play vampire baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. That's uh, you know, I'm I'm sure someone's screaming at their 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 podcast right, you know, at their uh, iPad or iPod right now, screaming that. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. So sure Alice Cullen, Alice Cullen is one of the vampire characters in uh, in okay. the Twilight novels. I I don't think that Alice is the main character though, if I remember correctly. I do uh, remember now. Edward Cullen is the Pattinson vampire. So, yeah, so apparently was, it's like her 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 sister or something like she's that. She's one of she's one of the the baseball playing vampires, I guess. Okay, that's fair. Um, okay, and what about the name Gary? Do either one of you, any of you have uh, an idea? Uh, what, yeah, it's what? the name of SpongeBob SquarePants, a snail. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> uh, it's a city in Indiana. Yes. Ron, How- Ron Howard sang a song about it in Music Man. That he did. Gary, Indiana, not Louisiana. Get Paris or France, right? Something like that. If I remember correctly. So I remember the melody, but yeah, that, yeah that's Gary, Indiana. <laughs> yes. Um, so Gary actually comes from a uh, uh, it's, it comes from the the Norman French, and it uh, it either means spear, pike, javelin, or kingly and royal. I have absolutely no idea why someone would name their child that. that based on based on those you know terminologies, you know, you're gonna I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Sounds... Pretty, that's more that's more fierce than I would have suspected for Gary. Yes, yeah. me too. Gary sounds more like a Sheldon, right? Yeah. <laughs> can uh, can we bring up? I we I was gonna mention it last uh, episode, but I want to bring it up this one. The cool. fits in this movie, the clothes—they're so yeah. good. Yes, they're so good. And this minute, I guess we missed. She, she's got the the red turtleneck sweater on, but like she has like that uh like that coat on over it. The previous minute, the brown awesome. the brown coat. Yeah. Yep. So cool. And then even um, Harry with his his like tweed jacket and just great fall fits, man. Yeah, and got uh, the shoulder. He's got the elbow patches on it too. He's got the elbow. Ah, uh, it's it's one of I like this movie a lot. But whenever I revisit it, a lot of it is like, man, I love the clothes. In fact, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but uh, a friend of mine, if you listen to Titanic Minute, White Wine Tom, he. Bought the uh, he has the white sweater um, that is worn in Knives Out, and then oh, wow. I realized when I rewatched this movie and then saw him wearing that white sweater, I was like, "Oh, that's the same sweater that Harry wears, and when Harry met Sally as well." The big kind of cable knit thick sweater, yes, exact same sweater. And he he yeah. stole it from the production. <laughs> well, yeah, no, not yeah. But I just mean it's interesting that you see that same sweater then later on in Knives Out. And I was like, I wonder if Ryan Johnson did that on purpose. Okay, well, first of all, it's it's really funny that you mention this because again on the commentary, Rob Reiner mentions the fact that uh, you know this is one of the scenes where he's just amazed at the at the costuming, and I, I don't remember mm-hmm. the name of the woman who does the costuming. Uh, sorry to anyone who who uh, who. Who cares specifically? Uh, but um, he basically said he's he's always surprised, like at the Oscars and things like that, that people get uh, awards and nominations, you know, for for older types of costumes. He says it's so much more difficult to do contemporary costume. And he said that that she does an amazing job in this movie because you know they they create costumes for these characters, you know, in a modern time. 
and they have to that, keep using similar types of of dress for them you know throughout the movie that's a and good it, point because in, in period pieces you know as as an uneducated audience member you're like oh yeah those clothes look neat and they look old yeah but you wouldn't yeah, yeah. know whether they genuinely match their personalities at all Correct. yeah i never mm-hmm. thought about that before and yeah. with these you know these clothes number one they met like you said they match the characters they're you know they look good but they don't look dated like right. which is incredibly rare for any 80s movie well you're talking about they don't look dated in 1989 or they don't look dated in 2020 they don't look dated they don't look dated now like right. the, you know i mean you you know we can you can have quibbles about personal taste or whatnot but just think of like any random contemporary 80s movie set in the 80s and the outfits will almost always you know age to some degree whereas like these outfits still look good <laughs> right for sure it's great, a great fit. I I love the clothes in this movie. Yes, they, they they definitely do a great job of it. And and it you know it's not like we're we're looking at things from the seventies with bell bottoms and stuff like that. You know this as you said as you said Duff it it does look like something that would still fit today. You know so I th- I think you're right. I think that that is great. Like you know I'm trying to think of just like another kind of like a New York movie in the eighties and just for just comparison. think Woody Allen. It could be any of the Woody Allen movies, right? Yeah, like yeah. you know. <laughs> And her sisters. Yeah. So yeah, it is. I did, I noticed that in these minutes, I'm like, these outfits look really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. They're great. Yeah, and also it it tells us once again. I mean, we know that this is taking place in the fall. So you know the the fact that she's wearing a sweater and he's wearing a tweed jacket, you know, it yeah. it, it goes with the the theme of the time that that this is happening. I mean, uh, one of the things they mentioned on the commentary is that when they filmed the the scene in the outdoor cafe with with Sally and Marie and Alice, apparently it was freezing on that day. And whenever they would, whenever he would yell "cut," the three of them would run over to grab jackets because they were they were freezing their butts off the whole time. Also, you know, you can you can you can be um, you can be hairy, you can have your receding hairline, but as long as you like, you know. Buy clothes that look good and dress nicely. You can have Meg Ryan if you, you know, <laughs> That's work right. out. He's missing the pipe for the can we for the professor look. Beard? Can yeah. we talk yeah. about his beard? Sure. Yeah. Billy Crystal's <laughs> beard here. Now I know mine doesn't look great right now either, but I'm not in a movie. Uh, <laughs> like this looks like like they drew a beard onto a child <laughs> in a middle school. Lip. <laughs> right, because he's missing he's missing the the bottom part under his lip. Wait, what's going you know? on around his mouth? <laughs> I, like that is, you know, you're so talking sad. about how beautifully Meg Ryan delivers this monologue, and I'm like, and she did it without laughing at Billy Crystal's beard. I like your little beard, so Billy. I I will, I will stick up for it, and that he's in depression mode. This oh, okay. is this is his depression. Be so he's so, so he's only he's only shaving parts because he's in depression <laughs> mode. I guess I guess that yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> So sad, what's it, what's it what's it called where you have the beard just right the little line of the beard under under the lip oh um uh, just a pencil a pencil mustache i guess no 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 it's, i'm talking about underneath not on top oh oh soul oh, patch soul yeah he's got like a little yeah. no the soul patch is on the chin but I, I don't know what it's called but he has like a tiny little yeah. you know, bit of hair I'm, I'm, right I'm under his lip it. i'm looking can... at it now it is it is a bizarre choice yeah <laughs> well yeah. maybe you know maybe he's like you know, still in depression mode. Like I'm gonna try some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna try some stuff, and I'm gonna go out to the bookstore and see what I can see what I can pick yeah. up there in personal <laughs> growth. 
he was yeah, he was probably on his way to the personal grooming section of the bookstore when he because uh, personal in. grooming mm-hmm. is next to personal growth. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. He's that just at sense. the bookstore. He sees her. He's like, oh, my God, I wish I would have shaved. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he takes a while to walk over to her because he's like, well, I got to shoot my shot now. It might not come yeah. happen again. He uh, immediately <laughs> regretted his experimental beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, I wonder if through the rest of the movie, it's like I'm going to have to actually pay attention now for the rest of the movie. You know, if if his beard grows in. You know, or if it, it just stays a little more, doesn't it? Later in the <laughs> I, movie, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've seen. It's been a while since I've seen the whole thing. I'll have to know. I'll, I'll do a shot breakdown going <laughs> forward. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump ahead to something else and see, see how it looks. No, there he's. Uh, you see, I jumped ahead and he's, he's clean shaven. All right, that doesn't help. <laughs> At some point, he decided that's one of the problems. He keeps changing his, his look here. You know, even, even in 1988, 89. I, I still maintain that you know he's it's he's divorced and he's going through stuff. It's like well, let's see let's see how this looks. Um, apparently, uh, GQ in 2019 ranked all the outfits that Harry wears. Every single outfit Harry wears, and when Harry met <laughs> wow. Sally, ranked. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I will I will see if I can find out. Okay, before uh, you get into that, so so I've, I've jumped yeah. ahead to minute 48. You know that's the that's the uh, orgasm scene. And mm-hmm. he has a beard there, and he still has that little soul patch uh, under the lip, and it's it's completely unshaven. Maybe that's just so how. The, maybe he just that's how he grows a beard. So from this point on, uh, like this is the first time they've seen each other since the initial car ride, right? No, they saw each other on, oh, on the time. airplane. Okay. In um, 1977, but, they they had their car ride. In 1982, they were on a, an airplane trip together, and right. you know, now they're they're in a okay. bookstore cafe. So, so from this point on, it's essentially from November through to New Year's Eve. He goes through a lot of facial experimentation in yes. like six six to eight weeks. No, but the movie takes place over the period of uh, the, it goes until the following New Year's Eve. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. Okay. Next yeah. New Year's. All right. I was gonna right. say like he is he is just wild with his and and grows it out very quickly to to have that you know to go clean shaven and have it come back in by New Year's Eve. But that makes more sense. If it's well, I don't I don't think it really takes him that long to grow that beard. Yeah. True. He, I, he's a hairy fellow. He's not Robin Williams, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think it falls in. Is he wearing jeans in this? Scene? Yes, I believe he is. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know if I'm finding the exact uh Oh, I know. Here it is. Here it is. Um Number Yeah, two. he's wearing jeans and a and number a blue button-down shirt. Number 2. Uh and GQ says all I have to say for this one is look at that sports coat. Look at it with a <laughs> denim shirt underneath and he tucked the denim shirt into a lighter wash pair of jeans. It shouldn't work, but it does because he brings in a brown belt and tucks in the shirt and because he understands proportion. Okay, hello, Harry Burns. I see you. Thank you for dialing up the sexy post-divorce with this depressed French literature professor look. <laughs> well, that's what I said. He was missing. He was missing the the pipe in order to give the get the professor. Yeah. Look. Yep. And what's number one? Number one is the white the white sweater. The sweater. Nah. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. In yeah, he's got his signature shoes and pants. He's made a powerful outfit combo out of all of it. 
Italian chef kiss. There's something about this outfit that makes you want to walk around a park on a crisp fall day with them. I need to date a man who owns a sweater like that. It's an emergency. Number one. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's You're great. welcome for that content. Thank you, GQ. <laughs> right. And the, the last thing I want to talk about in this minute is, is the fact that she mentioned that I spy. Okay. The, the, I'm assuming you guys all are familiar with the, with, with the game, I guess you could say, I spy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's, First of all, they, she actually, the way she describes it, she plays it wrong because you're not supposed to say what you spy. You're supposed to say, like, I spy something I spy blue. With my little, I spy right. with my little eye, and then you're supposed to guess, right? No, but you're supposed to give some sort of hint. It's not I spy yeah. a lamppost. I spy, yeah, I spy something green, you know, and then you're supposed to say, oh, it's a lamppost. You know, right. I spy something that makes me sad. Enough, so it's a guessing game. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I spy something that, 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 that makes... Yeah, uh, that makes my my uh, my uterus jump. You know the fact that someone has kids. I don't know. You know, this this funny. It's a weird way you play I Spy, Rob. But uh... <laughs> well, no, that's what that's what Sally was playing, not me. No, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. You know, my uterus doesn't doesn't jump. That'd like be that. that'd be kind yeah. of confusing if you're playing it with a child. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you, I, let's be clear. I don't think adults sit around and play I Spy. <laughs> it's apparently like one of the one of the top uh ranked games that people can play you know on long card car rides yeah. so maybe harry and sally played that on the 18 minute or on the 18 hour drive God, I'm glad that 18 cut if they did and and if they did and and if they did i think every single time harry would say i spy a motel on the side of the road there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I spy flashing lights. Hmm. I spy a vacancy. Exactly. <laughs> I spy a cafe where we can stop. Um, do, you, do any of you know when the, when the game originated? Oh. The I spy no. game? No, yes. I do not. <laughs> okay, so uh, apparently it uh, it originated in the early 20th century. Uh, but the, the first time that there's a citation mention of it in any type of literature is in a book from 1946 called The Gypsy's Baby. Um, I, I don't know what that is, really. Uh, uh, they're a gypsy. Apparently. <laughs> and apparently, apparently they... <laughs> yeah. They, people think that it actually originated sometime during World War II. Um, I guess, you know, things were that boring. So, you know, what do you spy along the way? You know, I spy a little Nazi. I don't know. That's uh... little, We did have lots of downtime during our two big wars there. So maybe that's when it came about. It could be. Could be. So, yeah, that's uh, that's all I have for the minute. Do any of you guys have anything else to, for this uh, for this minute? No, uh, I'm just actually yeah. minute, no. Glad we could talk about the beard, though. Thank you, guys. It's yeah, you're very welcome. Great. Thank you for bringing that up. I, that, uh, I'm that's glad good. we got to talk about Meg Ryan's sweater. Yes. Yeah. And Billy Crystal's uh, GQ uh, article. GQ rankings, yeah. There you yeah. go. That's great. All right, so the the script is almost word for word. Um, the only there, – there's two very minor uh, discrepancies here. Instead of her saying not worry about the kids walking in, it says not worry about the kid walking in. You know, but which it, it's not well, a big difference, but it it would say something about her, uh, you know, how many kids she wants. 
You know, the idea by saying she's saying kids, so it's that she wants multiple children as opposed to just saying kid, you know, meaning that, okay, all we wanted was just one one kid along the way. You know, that type of thing. It might have just been, you know, it, it could have just been a, a flub by uh, Meg Ryan along the way. I mean, apparently she had a lot of trouble in this movie because Billy Crystal kept cracking her up. Uh, you know, yeah, his little beard. <laughs> no, not because of the little beard, but because of his <laughs> his comedy. But but the little beard might have helped too. Yes, and that. Uh, and then the the other discrepancy is is that they they switch around the uh, you know the mailbox and lamppost because in the script it's lamppost first and then mailbox, but in the movie it's it's vice versa. Again, doesn't really make a difference. Doesn't doesn't change anything. Um, so. It probably just was something that just sounded better to Meg Ryan at the time. So she did it that way. Um, so every uh, Tuesday, we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, uh, where my guests will give some sort of adventure story, anecdote, misadventure, something that happened to them along the way of life that's related to either dating or courting. So yesterday, we heard from, from both Joe and Duff. So today, we're going to hear from Rob. You have a story for us, Rob? Um, yeah, I wasn't sure where to go on this, but I wanted to just, uh, show, share a story about how it's remarkable that I, uh, I met someone and, uh, somehow still in a relationship. Uh, and that was, uh, in college, um, is when I, where I met my now wife and, uh, fun fact, age me and also tells you how uh, good I am at things. I think our, one of our first dates, we went to go see a movie. We went and saw training day. Ooh, okay. So, so you very, were dating uh, in 2001. Romantic, there you go. Yeah, fair romantic movie to go to. Um, well, it's Valentine's remember, Day, so that that that's what you should be talking about. So yeah, go put on put on training <laughs> day with your beloved. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I want to tell a story that I know I've told to Joe and Duff before, and they laughed. So I figured I'd I'd you know play a hit, and that was uh, I don't remember what who whoever knows you know what arguments come up, but I remember walking around on campus so this is in college and got an argument about something and i still think about this all the time because i am lucky enough to still work on uh the, the college campus i went to school at and so i will walk by this area once or twice a week and i think about this story all the time but i was having an argument with her and uh you know you'll be shocked to hear i felt i was right and uh, there was there was like we're walking on the street and there was like this uh, humanities building. It's kind of like an open air building. And then there's like a used to be a uh, uh, a bridge that would go over where we were at. And it would connect to the different buildings. And there was a field trip of like seven or eight year olds and like a teacher was leading them now leading them across the bridge and over into this open area building where I could see them. And in the middle of the argument, I stopped. And I said, I think you should go up over there. And I pointed to where the children were. And she's like, why? And I was like, enjoying the rest of the children. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. Uh-uh. You just said that. But here's the thing that makes me a bad person. But I she's still with you. Funny. That's already good. So with <laughs> I also think it's still funny. I think it's a very funny thing That's, to say. I think, it, I think it's a savage own. Now, <laughs> now I will say... I doubt that that was productive. I doubt. Nope. <laughs> I, 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 I remember I doubt. saying it in my head being like, this is funny. And the second I said it and the reaction and the fallout, it was like, that was wrong. You, you <laughs> Each-year-old me learned a lesson that day. The, 
the dialogue, <laughs> the dialogue was not enhanced by your your con- contribution. Yeah, it was well written though. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you convince yeah. her to stay with you after that? Ah, uh, <laughs> God, I don't know. She just didn't know better. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's my that's 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 the story I figured I would tell. Okay. The ops. Great. Thank you very much for that story. So unfortunately, I, I know that you guys can't can't stick around for the rest of the week. So I decided that we're going to do the the other two uh, so top five segments today. So uh, we'll we'll start with uh, Joe. You know, normally we do this on a Wednesday, but today we're going to do Harry Burns' Hump Day. Uh, so Joe, what's your top five uh, Billy Crystal performances? Start with your number five and work your way up. Yeah, when I got this one, I was like, oh, this will be easy. And and this is like another <laughs> really famous movie star. And I look through their career and I'm like, man, he wasn't in nearly as many good movies as I, I thought he was. <laughs> um, so uh, that did make it a little easier. Plus, I was also able to immediately eliminate all of the performances he did in blackface. So that, <laughs> that made it easier to rank this as well. And uh, I'll start with number five. Uh, I would go with The Princess Bride. Uh, it's a small role, but he's pretty funny in it. Um, I, I would Because it, it's such a small role. I wonder if other people usually rank this higher or lower. I'm not sure. but uh, there, it's, it's been ranked all over the place. There are people that have yeah, ranked yeah. it as their number one. Yeah. Okay. But that's fine. The number everyone is, is, you know, we're, we're looking for diverse opinions here. Uh, number it would be really boring if everyone had the same, you know, top five. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number four was Analyze This, uh, which um, and with, with a lot of these movies that I ranked, he's kind of like the straight man in them. But nonetheless, that's a good, solid movie. And he's pretty I remember that being it. funny. Yeah. And then number three, and this is like the kind of role that I think he's best at. I'd go with um, Monsters, Inc. Uh, I think he just plays like a good, like best friend. Um, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's great because his best roles are the ones where we don't see him and we just hear him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, and then number two, and this was a movie that I watched a lot growing up. Maybe I shouldn't have, but taped off of TV was uh, Throw Mama from the Train. Oh, oh that's a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a good one. That one actually, I, I've gone back and forth between ranking that number one or number two, but I have to go with number two. And then I really do think this is his best movie when Harry met Sally. I don't, uh, it, it's, he's funny, he's charming, he's, um, but he also doesn't, he's giving it, like, and the scene we, the minute we talked about today is a good example of that where he'll let Meg Ryan, uh, you know, take over. And I think that, um, you know, sometimes comic actors can kind of have trouble uh, passing the baton to somebody else. But I think that that's maybe one of the biggest strengths of this movie is that he knows when to to take a back seat. So that that would be my top five. All right. Great. Thank you very much for that. And because you guys won't be here on Friday for for weekend romance. Uh, but again, today is Valentine's Day. So that, that's the perfect time for for Duff to give his top five romantic comedy movies. Yeah. So. The caveat to this is that I I think that for our age range growing up, guys did not see as many romantic comedies. So it's like kind of a gap because it's I think it's less of a gendered thing now. But back then it was like, oh, those are chick flags and I'm not going to see that. So there's probably some heavy hitters that people will be mad I'm forgetting. So I nobody will be mad at you, Duff, because this is your list. 
Yeah. So, um, so going from five, uh, I will start off with a movie that I think is, I feel like it's fallen a little out of favor, but I still think as great as high fidelity because it is a character arc and a growth journey and just learning not to be an immature man child and okay. all that comes along with that. Uh, number two, uh, number four, I'll, or sorry, yeah, <laughs> I've mislabeled on my screen. Here, jumping uh, up on the number two. Uh, number four, uh, Moonstruck. Uh, yes. Just because everyone in that movie is just super charming. Uh, I rank that a little lower just because, like, the Nicolas Cage angle is kind of wild and out there. And I hmm. don't. What Nicolas Cage uh, movies are not? Yeah. Uh <laughs> I always say that I, uh, I, my favorite Nicolas Cage movie is Leaving Las Vegas because he dies in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that he does. Uh, so number three, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, that's a great mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, number two, uh, Roman Holiday. Which is excellent. Uh, I only kept out of the the number one spot because. Uh, Spoiler, but you know they don't actually end up together. Right, they can't can't be together. Uh, so like Casablanca, one, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something that's recurring in this movie a little bit. <laughs> uh, but and so number one is something that I kind of think like oddly is super famous and loved, but also not thought of as a romantic comedy is Groundhog Day. Okay. Oh. Sure. Um, yeah, you're but, right. But very much at its core is a romantic comedy yeah, and for sure you no know, so yeah that's i mean i i you know i don't think there's anyone well except for maybe rob's wife isn't she a groundhog day hater she doesn't like when things repeat in movies but... <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like groundhog day sounds pretty right. childish to me i think you should send her over to be with all the kids on the other side yeah. I, I do love that logic, uh, but you know, Groundhog Day. Everyone talks about fairly Bill Murray. I think it's his best performance by far. But Andy McDowell is just yes. great yes. in that movie. I don't yeah. think anyone's going to be mad about that list stuff. That's a good. No, list. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. Well, you know, because there's so many. You know, like I didn't like all the big ones. And like, there's no, there's no Julia Roberts in my list. There's no, no Meg Ryan. There's no like J Lo or. You know, people who make there doesn't have to be. No, I'm yeah, just saying. Did, was this on? Like, did you think about this movie on your list at all? What movie? When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I, I just Duff uh, Titanic. Uh, Titanic. Uh, it, well, Titanic's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> there are parts uh, of it that are. So <laughs> uh, yeah, when Harry, yeah, when Harry Met Sally would be, I could. I think I just haven't watched it as many times as some of these, but I could see when Harry met Sally sneaking in there. Yeah, I was just curious. I'm surprised you didn't put You've Got Mail on there, you know? Uh, oh, Harry met Sally's better than You've Got Mail. Yeah, that's better. I mean, that's true. Uh, as, as we've talked about, like, Tom Hanks is just kind of in, like, bloated castaway. I need to get the code. Okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. Also, also like, it's not gaslighting, but like the whole manipulation angle of you've got mail is still unsettling to me. Yeah. Like it's still an enjoyable movie, but for like the last last third of it, like Tom Hanks has has an unfair advantage. Yeah. 
Well, Tom Hanks always has an unfair advantage. You know, <laughs> it's just the type of actor that he is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, since you guys won't be able to, to join me for the rest of the week or, and, and also, do you have anything else you want to say about the movie in general? Uh, I really like this movie. I, I don't think I've seen it a ton of times. Whenever I do watch it, uh, I really enjoyed it. I rewatched it like a week or two ago. Um, and um, I think it really works. I think it flows really nice. I think uh, the end with Harry at the New Year's party and everything, like it's a hell of a monologue and it, it works every time on me. So I understand how it would work on Sally yeah. as well. Yeah. Right. They don't make them like this anymore. No. Yeah, no. they definitely don't. Definitely don't. Any other thoughts from you guys? Thanks for having us so. on. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, I thank appreciate you. it. Thank you very much for, for, for finding time to, to be on. This this was great. I, I had a lot of fun yesterday and today. Hopefully you guys did too. I was I was waiting for that response. You guys paused a little too long there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So um, you want to tell people once again how they can get in touch with the Midnight Boys? Yeah, I mentioned a free podcast. Uh, we have that, but uh, more famously in the minute by minute world, I guess we did Titanic Minute. You go to just look up Titanic Minute. It's what you think it is. We talk about the movie Titanic one minute at a time. It's 195 episodes. So um, jump in. People seem to people you know people seem to get through that show somehow, which is remarkable. Uh, because it's done so well, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank That's, you. Uh, you know, I'm a little biased, but uh, still, you know, because I've already listened to it. <laughs> you know, I, I the problem with the movies by minute. Uh, format is you probably aren't going to go back and listen again to the show, you know, even right. if you've enjoyed it a lot because oh, right, yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's, 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 it's definitely it's a lot of content. It's a lot of well, much. not just it's a lot of content. It's also a lot, a lot of time to yeah. you know you want you want to spend that on a different movie that you can uh, you know listen to oh, sure. you know another hundred ninety five minute movie. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me. On my website, moveroutminute.com. You can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook. So thanks a lot, guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, you guys can't make it for the rest of the week. So tomorrow I will be back with a different guest. But uh, until then, I'll have what she's having. 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 With all your faults, I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you had to be you